Today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my friend Will. hey And my other friend, the Professor Smoke. Hey. And, uh, well, now this, I was about to say this was the first show of the new year, but it's not. We've already done that. <laughs> this is the... Uh, <laughs> Way to keep up there, Josh. You can, you can tell I go back and listen to these after we're, we're done editing and putting them up. <clears throat> this is uh, episode 24 of the Spook Show and today we're going to be discussing, well, we're, we're going a little bit off script today. I guess I should lead with that. Um, usually, pretty much generally, all the movies we've done are horror movies. But, you know, we also like to think we're kind of a cult, uh, home for cult movies, too. So, and B-movies and, you know, whatever, basically whatever we feel like doing. But, you know, we'll kind of stay in that lane, so to speak. So, we're going to broaden our horizons just a little bit. And we're going to watch a movie from 1986 called Never Too Young to Die. Now, the funny part about this one is all three of us have not seen this movie. But on top of that, pretty much all three of us had never even really heard of this movie uh, <laughs> until we decided to watch it. So this one's going to be unique, if, if for no other reason than that. We'll just go ahead and get into initial reactions. Um, Will, what did you think of it? Like, you know, just your gut reaction the first time you're watching it here. It felt like it had big ideas and a shoestring budget. Smoke, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I mean I would agree with Will as far as the uh, <laughs> they had some places that I think they wanted to go and try to get to, but just didn't maybe gel in certain areas of like you know I mean I know we're going to get into it, but if you if you just watch the trailer, you know it looks like a post apocalyptic type movie, and is it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be. I don't even know if it's supposed to be, but it, you know it's got those themes in it, and so it's so like they tie together a lot of things, tried to bring it together, and some places it works, and other places maybe it doesn't, but. Overall enjoyable. I don't to me, it's like 1986 exploded, <laughs> yes. you know, onto the screen. Right? They just <laughs> threw everything into a pot and then uh, threw a stick of dynamite in it, and it just exploded. Um, I think what you mean, Josh, is 1985. Yeah, exploded. true. 
true. You know, and, and then we'll in '86, this happened. <laughs> we'll get into that shortly, but this was actually filmed in August of 1985. So, <laughs> 1985 strikes again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed, like you say, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into that when we get our star ratings and everything. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's very 1985, 1986 for sure. And you said, well, you said something about the shoestring budget or whatever. Honestly, I was kind of impressed. With yeah, uh, the, the quality I, of it, in, in in a sense, you know, like I'm just thinking this thing's going to be cheap ass, and it was. But you know, I think in some areas, like production wise, it looked pretty good, except for the editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it <laughs> seems like I noticed a, a bunch of jump cuts in it, which what <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know, like to me, it's something like just about everything was kind of cheaply done, except for that entire scene where they're about to have sex. <laughs> it seems like it took the production quality up like three notches from there. <laughs> and then as soon as that well, was I mean, over, right back to where they were. Well, and I guess if you're level two, it was pretty high. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to blow your wad anywhere. <laughs> well, you know, it got down to the core because, you know, he, he got he ate all those apples. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we'll we'll get into that. <clears throat> um, no, let, let's do it now, John. <laughs> let's just dive right in. Fuck it. Um, before I continue any further, uh, you know, for those that m- might possibly be listening to the podcast for the first time, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. So, uh, from this point forward, anything we say, you know, just know that you probably need to watch this before you listen any further because we're going to spoil the movie. Um, with you know anything we might say, and then eventually we'll go take a kind of a deep dive into the movie. So be forewarned. Um, By the way, if you have something against hermaphrodites, you probably don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get into that here <laughs> in a little bit too. I found something. No, let's funny. do it right now. <laughs> I don't know what it is with you and not wanting to do anything right now. We're gonna do it. <laughs> but I guess before we continue much further, um. If you want to contact the uh, show, you can reach us by email at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube by searching All American Spook Show. We also have a, a Twitter account, of course, like most people these days, um, at AA Spook Show. You can find us there. I mean, pretty much just Google All American Spook Show and you'll be able to find everything. Plus, you can find us uh, mutantfam.com. Um, we're kind of, you know, connected to them. So you can find uh, a lot of our information and links to other stuff and our podcast and everything over there too. If you go check out mutantfam.com. So I guess uh, before we get into the background of the movie here, I'll go ahead and uh, toss the trailer for 1986's Never Too Young to Die. Star Grove. There are from time to time some small assignments. The new American hero. Go! Where have you been shooting lately? Libya? The finest disc. You mean the one that your father sent? He inherited all of his father's enemies. (laughs) And just one of his friends. John Stamos is Stargrove. I'm going to lose job. Oh, I think I'm falling in love. Vanity is Donja. Give me that disc! Any idea who could be behind this? Ragnar. Gene 
Simmons is Ragnar. Yeah! Trade a wet kiss for this? The Sting of Death. We're hot. Where the red star's turning into the blue maid. I'm impressed. You really are a star girl. Only one standing between life and death in a brave new world. Stargrove, never too young to die. I think we should do it again. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. There's the trailer for Never Too Young to Die. So I, I guess now that we've got our initial reactions out of the way, I, we'll go ahead and dive into the little bit of the background on it. So this movie was released... June 13th, 1986, like a limited release. It was released in Jan on January 28th, 1987 on video by Paul Entertainment. I noticed too, now I watched this on uh, Amazon Prime Video. At the very end, it's got the uh, the MGM, you know, roar, you know, the roar, you know MGM. So I'm, a gu I'm guessing that um, they have something to do with it. Maybe they own it currently or somewhere along the path. MGM got a hold of it. It looks like, to me, from best I can tell, this wasn't really released wide uh, in theaters. It came out, like I said, June 13th, 1986. And all I could find was that that was limited. But I couldn't find a budget for this movie, which I guess they couldn't either. And I couldn't find how much, <laughs> how much this movie made, you know, if any at all. I'm sure it made something, at least you know, 10 or 15 bucks at some point, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, um, the one thing that I found is, uh, it cost, I saw that it costed about $3 million to make, which I was kind of surprised with. I'm guessing all that time. went to the talent. Yeah. Because that, that's the, that's the part right there is that like, uh, it had to have been a massive amount of their budget had to have been on talent because, you know, there is quite a bit of talent in this movie. I mean, even for the time, it's not like, well, in hindsight, there was a bunch of talent. No, I mean, I'd say for the time, some a uh, few oh, yeah. of these were uh, some hot names, you know. John Stamos, now, of course, he went on to do bigger and better things, you know, later on. Vanity, I mean, I think she was pretty hot at that time, right? And uh, Yeah, as a singer and as, hell, what I remember from most was last uh, The Last Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, well, I've got some of those notes, you know, about what they were. <clears throat> they had done other things you might recognize them from, but of course, Robert England, like this is post Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, Nightmare on I mean, Elm Street 2 had even been out, right? Or, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure of the timeline. I don't have it pulled up from it, but yeah, it could be. This was made in August of 85 and came out, you know, in 1986. So, I mean, uh, now granted, probably more people would just know him at that point. They would just would have known him in the makeup. Like you take the makeup off. They'd be like, who oh, the hell yeah. is this dude? You know? <laughs> um, and of course, George Lazenby had been in a James Bond movie. He was James Bond himself in a James yeah. Bond movie. Not, and not just a side character. He was James Bond <laughs> and a handful of others. So, I mean, yeah, there was, there was definitely, they had to have spent most of that budget, whatever you found on just that. Um, but as always, like I'll point out, like like I said, that movie came out the weekend of June 13th to the four, uh, 15th, 1986. I'll just name a few movies that were out at the same time. That same weekend was the opening weekend of Back to School and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and uh, the first weekend for the Manhattan Project. And of course, other movies that were out at the time, you know, that were still kicking butt, Top Gun, Cobra, Raw Deal, Critters. 
Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, Short Circuit, Space Camp, you know, and a handful of others. I mean, it, there was some uh, some pretty good competition at the time, too. But like I said, I don't think it's got a wide release, so it's really kind of unfair to compare it to those. But still, you get the you get the picture of the scene at the time when this came out. And then, of course, it was released on uh, VHS, you know, in January of 1987. So, And, I, and uh, Will, you said you found some notes about that, right, about the release of this and how it was kind of uh, li- limited, so to speak, like... It didn't really have any prominence. Yeah, apparently after it came out on VHS, it was pretty obscure for about 20 years until Shop Factory bought it and then started re-releasing it. So that's uh, maybe that's uh, part and parcel of why none of us had ever really uh, had never seen it or even heard of it. Because I, I can just speak for myself. I know like a lot of these type of movies, like a B-movie type of deal, probably back in the day, like in late 80s, early 90s. I mean, these are the kind of movies that they used to play on like Saturday matinees on your local TV station, you know, your local syndicated TV. Now, I'm sure they would have ed- obviously uh, censored and edited you know, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> the crap out of it. But uh, that thing's, of course, this- like USA Network and all that. Yeah, yeah, cable and, and cable and stuff. Yeah, but like that's how I probably would have watched mm-hmm. it now, and I don't remember ever running across it even nah. on that. So maybe, so maybe they never even had like a TV deal to play it on cable yeah. or TV. So Might this not because one... I definitely don't remember it on that. I do remember seeing the VHS in the video store. You know, looking at the VHS cover, Charter Inter- Charter Entertainment put out the VHS, and I when I was looking online for stuff on the movie. I definitely remember seeing that cover in the video, so I just never picked it up. So the total runtime of this movie is one hour, 32 minutes. I'd say it's entertaining enough, though. It, the, the pace is pretty good. I mean, it keeps up. I mean, there's a couple of little lulls in there, and you could probably chop 10 or 15 minutes out of it, and it'd still be all right, you know, <laughs> um, like most movies, I guess. But still a pretty quick, entertaining hour and 32. Um, no surprise it was rated R. I mean, it, it, even though there probably – I don't remember there being a, a an – overabundance of uh, cursing in it, but I'm sure just for the subject material alone and some of the things you see in it, got it rated yeah. R. And I don't um, think it was too, it wasn't too, like super gory splatter scenes, but there was a, there was a lot of the blood squibs from gunshot wounds. That was yeah. Pretty decent blood well, squibs. Yeah, I think, I think probably, you know, you got to think back to the 80s and the fact that they had a sex scene and you saw a bare-chested woman probably just like yeah. that. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that'd be enough now, these days pretty much, but I just, I'd say outside of that, maybe the uh, the transsexual, bisexual, hermaphrodite mm. stuff, you know, <laughs> especially at the time, probably would have pushed it over the edge. Um, but it's listed as an action, adventure, comedy in that order. So I guess that's that's pretty much you know where you're at there. It's a it's a mix of all three. You know how movies? I thought this was kind of funny. I'll point this out because they had it up on IMDb, and I just thought it was funny in this case. A lot of movies will have a tagline. Like, uh, what is it, an alien where it's like in space, nobody can hear you scream, something like mm-hmm. that. There's a little tagline. For this movie, it had multiple taglines. <clears throat> I'll, I'll list them off as so. Stargrove, the new American hero. Simple enough. Vanity, the new breed of temptress. Stamos, <laughs> the new breed of hero. <laughs> <laughs> At the age of 18, every government agency wanted him dead or alive. Uh, this one Simmons, the two breeds of villain. Oh, wait, no, no, this one he inherited all of his father's enemies and only one of his friends. And this one, action, Bond style, beauty, vanity style, hero, American style. (laughs) (laughs) If nothing screams 1986, that one right there. 
So, best I can tell, this was basically filmed around the Los, An- Los Angeles, California area in August of, you know, somewhere around August of 1985. It was directed by Gil Bettman. The little bit I could find on him, basically, the dude just directed a ton of uh, TV shows, like, you know, episodes of TV shows, including uh, Fall Guy and Knight Rider, a handful of other things. Um, but not too many, mo- a couple movies and short films and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing major league, you know, either before oh, yeah. or after. Was- wasn't there one episode of uh, Auto Man that he did? I don't know if y'all remember Auto Man. Or... <laughs> nah, Auto you got Man me on that awesome. one. I don't remember Auto Man. <laughs> it was it was it was terrible, but it was awesomely terrible. You know, it was like the it was like they took Knight Rider. Like somebody said like take let's take Tron and Knight Rider and squish them together, and this is Auto Man came out. <laughs> <laughs> Auto Man came out their ass. <laughs> it was written by two brothers, Stephen Paul, who was also the producer of the movie. Uh, and Stuart Paul. Now, uh, Stuart Paul hadn't really done much else before or after this, but Stephen Paul has produced like tons of uh, movies and TV shows. But I think he's mostly known for like uh, having his fingers all up in the baby geniuses. Uh, <laughs> so, that, mastermind that, that, is what you're saying. That billion dollar pie of the baby geniuses franchise. <laughs> I think baby that, geniuses we mentioned before on the show, didn't we? At some point. Yeah, I think we have. Uh, somebody else was involved with that. I don't remember if it was Stuart Gordon. Somebody in the horror community was involved with one of the... So it turns things. out like one of the scariest things that horror has ever created is the Baby Geniuses <laughs> uh, <laughs> franchise. I didn't realize there was that much to it either. There's like three or four movies, like a damn TV show and all kinds of stuff with that. Like, who knew? So yeah, like apparently his finger, you know, I, either he owns it or he's a huge part of it or something because he was all over that, that whole entire franchise and, and a handful of other things too. Like, He's directed, I mean, not directed, I'm sorry, produced, a, a, like, it was over 80, 90 credits as a producer. So he's he's done a lot, and he's still active today. So, of course, we get to who's starring in this movie. Starring John Stamos as Lance Stargrove, who you'd mostly know John Stamos from uh, Full House. I mean, a handful of other things, too, such as the drummer for the Beach Boys for a, <laughs> for a minute at some point. But mostly, you'd, you'd know him from Full House. I mean, he's been in tons of other TV shows and you know, and movies and stuff. But That and the Kokomo video, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're huge into the Beach Boys. <laughs> the latter um, years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah, they're, well, they're still Boys touring. Like so, uh, with everybody from, uh, you know, Charles Manson to John Stamos. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full slate. That's a broad spectrum, is what yeah. it is. They're, they include everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Very, who knew the Beach Boys were so inclusive? <laughs> it also stars Vanity as Donja Deering. Um, you'd know her most. I mean, uh, obviously, I'd never heard of this, but obviously, this now that we know this movie exists from this. Uh, but you'd know her most from The Last Dragon, Action Jackson, one of her earlier roles, Terror Train, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, she was also the singer of a band called Vanity Six, which I, I, I don't know if I've ever really heard anything from them. I mean, I, maybe if if they had some radio hit, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall. But I'm sure uh-huh. she just, yeah, they did, just known they, for I, being kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do remember that Vanity Six thing on, like, I don't know if it was MTV or something back around that time. Mm-hmm. The 80s or so. Um, I think I I think that was hot around this time, and I know there was some videos and stuff. So clearly, you know, mostly she's known for just being very pretty. Um, But she actually passed away in February of 2016. I didn't see exactly what happened, but uh, yeah, she was only like I think 56, 57 years old, and she passed away. Mm. Gene Simmons, who you might know from this 
this little uh, indie band with a couple of tracks called Kiss. Um, he plays uh, a heavy metal he-she, <laughs> a maphrodite, uh, called Velvet Von Ragnar. The funny thing is, too, is like uh, Ragnar is spelled R-A-G-N-E-R, which seems to me it's, it's, it's read Ragnar, but they, they clearly call him Ragnar throughout the entire movie, so whatever. It's well, like somebody it, probably misread it the first time around. They're like, let's go with it. We don't got yeah, enough of it. Can't reshoot direct, that, so. Director Gil Bettman's like, fuck it. It's Ragnar now. It does sound better, anyways, Ragnar. And of course, uh, Gene Simmons has actually been in uh, a good a good handful of like you know movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But uh, mostly, you you probably obviously know him from Kiss, and uh, he was in this movie and uh, another horror movie called Trick or Treat. Not to be yeah. confused with Trick or Treat or any of those other Trick and or Treat movies. That also came out the same year, actually, in 86. Right? Yeah, as this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which, you know, we've mentioned that before here on the podcast, but we definitely need to get around to that one because oh. we have some uh, some small connections to that movie. It also stars George Lazenby as Drew Stargrove. He's uh, Lance Stargrove, John Stamos' character. It's his dad. Um, he's been in uh, tons of things, TV, movies, stuff like that. But mostly he'd be known as he would be known as playing James Bond in the 1969 movie called on her majesty's secret service i think that was the only one he was bond the only one he was james bond in, if i'm if i'm not mistaken um yeah i think it was only one yeah because yeah, i think he, he would have been following right after uh um, sean connery right sean connery, yeah i think he and was, was the a, next one roger moore come after him I roger moore I, I yeah whatever the order was he was only bond once but still yeah just to be and that small group of guys that played James Bond is pretty impressive. So, yeah, there you go. It also stars Peter Kwong as Cliff. He's kind of uh, Lance Stargrove's kind of uh, uh, Asian sidekick, so to speak. <laughs> However you want to frame it, he's his, 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 his uh, roommate in college, but he's kind of like a sidekick, too. And he just so happens to be uh, like a super smart inventor of things. <laughs> like a Q, would you say? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we we don't want to get sued, so we're not going to call him that. We're going to call him Cliff. <laughs> uh, he was also in uh, the the one thing you know him the most from was he was in Big Trouble in Little China. He was like the uh, the main the main friend of uh, uh, Kurt Russell's character in that movie, I believe. Um, he's been in a ton of TV shows too, like a ton. Like most of the major TV shows of the eighties and nineties, this dude had a small part in at least one episode of them. Uh, he was also in. Um, the Golden Child, that Eddie Murphy movie, and of course everyone's favorite skateboard movie, Gleaming the Cube. Oh yes, <laughs> he was in that. And then, last but not least, Robert England himself as Riley. He's now he doesn't have a huge part in this. He's only in it for like a couple of scenes, um, but he's kind of like the smart computer hacker guy for uh, for Ragnar, you know, the bad guys. Um, of course, you'd know him as Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street series and whatever the hell else he's done, but. Freddie's you know, his claim to fame, obviously. On Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, at least from what I could find, it was not applicable. Like, I guess there wasn't enough <laughs> critic reviews, <laughs> enough critic reviews to actually give it a score. So we're just going to go with a zero on that. Um, but the audience score on Rotten Four Tomatoes was 4,000 <laughs> percent. <laughs> the audience score on there was 49%. So, you know, that's that's about what you figure, right? You know, for a movie like this. <laughs> Over on uh, IMDb, the, uh, the, you know, they give like a 10-star rating. It's got a 4.9 out of 10 stars on there, over 1,300 ratings. So 49% audience score, 4.9 <laughs> on IMDb. You you can see the, the trend here. So you, 
basically you either love it or hate it. Like they always say, for those that like that kind of thing, this is the kind of thing they like. So there you go. The Google synopsis. Now, you know, we usually read the IMDb synopsis, but I didn't think it was as good as the Google synopsis, which we actually read this at the end of uh, last uh, the last episode. But I thought this was funny enough for me to read it again because it's, it's straight to the point. A spy's son, John Stamos, inherits the case of a heavy metal he-she, Gene Simmons, out to foul city water with a floppy disk. That pretty much describes everything you need to know about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Except that uh, it honestly it, uh, uh, undersells Gene Simmons' uh, Ragnar part. Because <laughs> it's, re- it's really something to behold. It's something you have to see and believe, really. <laughs> but I'll go ahead and read the IMDb synopsis. Uh, top secret agent is murdered, so his estranged son, a high school gymnast, <laughs> which is also pretty funny. Wait, teams up supposed with his to be dad. high school? Yeah, that's what it says here. Now, <laughs> this is IMDb, so like I think random people put these uh, okay. uh, synopsises up, but I assumed it was uh, college. But Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what it whatever. felt like to me. Yeah. Team, teams up with his dad's attractive female partner to stop the psychopathic hermaphroditic gang, li- gang leader who killed him and now plans a major terrorist attack. Now, you know, going back to the high school, college thing, that could be like one of those boarding school type deals. I just assume college because clearly all these kids that were going to school there were like 35-year-old men, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it felt like it was a dorm room. Yeah, but like I said, that could be a boarding school. You know, they kind of have the same deal, right? Like, you know, they live in like a dormitory and uh, like a prep school or something, you know, really high-end prep school, boarding school type deal. So was there anything else you guys wanted to add to it before we dive in? Well, some of the stuff I looked up was uh, apparently this was actually intended to be kind of a Son of Bond type franchise, but it flopped hardcore in the box office. (laughs) Uh, Gene Simmons... Uh, doesn't even like the fact that he's mentioned in with this movie apparently now. That's funny too, because I mean, honestly, I mean, all jokes aside, you know, for the part that he's playing here, he does a good job. I mean, it seems like he's really oh, yeah. into it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. It didn't uh, seem like he was like, you know, hamming it up that much for the camera. I mean, it's like, you know, he, I mean, the role that he's given is what it is, but he, it wasn't like he was making a joke of it. Yeah. So, you know, Gene Simmons plays a, uh, uh, hermaphroditic person. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the bar scene where you see the band, uh, that's actually actual transvestites who helped Gene Simmons and gave him pointers on how to play his character. Well, they nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I think for crazy ass, uh, like uh, hermaphroditic psycho terrorist, go. You know, <laughs> I think he, I think he knows the part. However, that's supposed to be played. I think he does it well. Uh, amazingly enough, if y'all, you know, like y'all listening have, have actually seen this movie, uh, John Stamos actually took gymnastic lessons for this movie. I could believe that, you know, at least some of it that looks like he's pulling off there. Although I'm pretty sure some of that's probably a stuntman or stunt gymnast too, but, um, yeah, but most of it just looks like him jumping on a trampoline, flapping his arms around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, at least at first that's money then, well like, spent it, on that. <laughs> it's funny too like in, in the, the the beginning little sequence there where you establish that he's a gymnast or whatever yeah it looks like that but then when they get to like the little gym meet or whatever the hell it is um he's pulling off some impressive shit so clearly that's <laughs> that's where they like got the stunt gymnast in there uh, otherwise the last... it's just trampoline shit <laughs> The the last thing I had was uh, uh, the the song that he's singing in that club scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, later ended up being uh, lyrics to "Spit," which is a song from the uh, Kiss album "Revenge" in '92. 
Huh. May have to go back and compare. <laughs> yeah. Might be the first person to ever do that. How did you <laughs> compare this to Never Never Too Young to Die? <laughs> I thought it was a pretty oh, good little girl. I mean, as, as over the top and as corny as it is in the movie, it's a pretty good little tune, though, you know? Yeah. For what yeah. it is, you know? It's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste of good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the refreshment center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, Smoke, you been uh, using Audible lately for anything? Uh, I just recently started a book by Neil Gaiman called uh, Norse Mythology, which, you know, Neil Gaiman wrote Sandman and uh, American Gods. Uh, So not only did he write this book, but he also is the one narrating it, too. So that, and he's a great storyteller, so it really makes it awesome. So definitely recommend that one. So I'm sure it's super weird. Well, no, it's Norse mythology, so it's kind of... It's a, yeah, He's a big fan of Norse mythology, so it's kind of like telling the myths from a uh, thousand, you know, thousand plus years ago, which mm-hmm. were written down in, like, the prose and the poetic era. And yeah. he's just taking that and kind of putting it in his own words, uh, but telling the story of the mythology. So it's, so it's, not, as a, it's not like his own storyline or anything. He's just putting those older you know it's kind of a, it's written in a well, was written in old norse it's been translated in english but instead of it being uh sort of which you know it can be a little bit difficult to read those those sagas for some people those that is because of the the wording and everything even though it's translated in english it's still an older vernacular so uh, mm-hmm. he kind of puts it in a more modern spin on the on the language anyways and, and he does his own you know voices and stuff for his characters so uh Definitely recommend it. So that's something uh, kind of cool and different to uh, check out on there. And uh, obviously, there's tons of books by you know all your favorite authors on there. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com/spookshow for your free audiobook. All right. So I guess uh, with that, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, get into the uh, blow by blow of the uh, movie itself. All right. So the film starts with uh, like you hear chanting. Like you, you see, like a group of people, like holding uh, torches and uh, uh, standing standing around, like in this uh, I don't know, almost like a damn junkyard or something, and they're chanting for Ragnar, and then you see Ragnar up on top, like up up on like a pedestal or something. He's kind of over everybody, and he says, "My little turd balls." Gene <laughs> Simmons' <laughs> first line in the movie. Yeah, right? and I'm pretty sure it's the first line of the movie. I'm like, well, here we go. A thousand miles an hour. Gene Simmons in drag, and the first line of his and the movie is, oh, come on, little turd balls. Yeah. yeah. You know what you're in, in store for at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I think, they, like... even start, I, I think they even chant turd or something, right? Turd, turd. <laughs> yeah, we are turd balls. <laughs> Nothing like a possible James Bond, uh, son of James Bond franchise. Start off with, hey, turd balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I would think better would have been if they'd had George Lazenby saying that or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, he kind of basically lays out his his whole plan pretty much right there. Like, so I have this floppy disk that uh, allows us to uh, 
or we need to get a hold of this floppy disk or something like that that's going to allow us to poison the water. And they're just like, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah, if we poison the water, then that means we can get money. Oh, right, money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turds, money, turds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, like, they, they bring in a girl uh, who I'm guessing is, like, uh, uh, another spy or something like that. Maybe it's uh, Stargrove's partner or something. I don't know what the hell she was, but... <laughs> Uh, I guess they figure she knows where this 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 missing floppy disk is, but she's tied down to like an X, not a cross, an X, like uh, X Men style, you know. And uh, he questions her like, you know, where's the floppy disk or whatever. And then uh, he says something like, should, "Should I give her the finger?" <laughs> and but you don't see him do it. Like he just like goes, Ugh! and then she's dead. But you don't see exactly what happens. You're like, what the, what the fuck? Yeah, just you know, the, well, when you see his finger, he's got like a three inch long fingernail, and that might be a yeah. little exaggeration, but at least two inch, and it's like really sharp. At this point, you're sitting here like, what kind of damn movie am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of disappointed that you didn't see what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, uh, well, you know, they kind of wimped out on that part. You know, I don't know if he, what, did he disembowel her? Did he just stab her? Did he, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, more. Event- you eventually get there later in the movie. You figure out what he does yeah. with the finger. But uh, at this yeah. point, you're just like, what the hell was that? All right. <laughs> and then he and then he uh, immediately after doing this. And, and that's the other thing, too. Like they take like he does it and they take like this wide shot. And uh, you don't even see her, I don't think. Nah, and no. the wide shot, like it's just, she's just away. <laughs> now she's just out of the picture instantly. Uh, but then he basically screams uh, or yells out, get me Stargrove. And then that's when you get the title screen, you know, the uh, Never Too Young to Die title yes. screen. And uh, I can't remember all the songs and stuff are, that are in this movie, but uh, they're all awesome. Every yeah. single song yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Including, there is, of course, I don't, I don't remember if it's in the credits right now, but there is a Stargrove song. Was that the credit song? Where it's, you know, he's talking about Stargrove, the yeah. name, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah I, I think yeah. that was the one. Because then, like, during, like, so you see the Never Too Young to Die title screen. And then you see uh, Lance Stargrove, which is John Stamos's character. You see him doing gym, uh, doing gymnastics, and he's doing them to the Stargrove song. Um, <laughs> Do you see him doing gymnastics though? <laughs> well, well you, I mean, you see some cutaway of somebody doing gymnastics. <laughs> like, like halfway halfway through these cutaways, like all of a sudden you see like a, a blonde headed guy jumping around. It's like, did they really just say like "screw it" in the first two minutes of the movie? <laughs> Then you like, realize it's like all this money for Stamos to take those damn gymnastics lessons and it didn't pay off. <laughs> which we, which we referred to already about the bad editing yeah. in this movie. So you you get a you get a good eyeful of it right out the gate. Um, in the in this g- gymnastics ish <laughs> scene, <laughs> which we don't know whether it was supposed to be college or high school, right? I guess it was supposed to have been high school, but looks de- definitely not like high school. <laughs> I just kind of assumed college while I was sitting there watching it but then when we you know when we started talking about it like I said like I, I'm assuming it's like a boarding school or something and now at this oh, yeah, point yeah. so yeah but because I, I think I kind of realized that about halfway through I'm like at the beginning yeah I'm thinking this is college but then it's like it's weird like why are full-grown men doing gymnastics in college like isn't that something they kind of leave behind like I, I don't know am I wrong about that like <laughs> Are there men's gymnastics programs in college? I suppose for like what, like an Olympic, <laughs> if you're training for some sort of. I guess, know, but th- these know. are clearly and, like 25, yeah, 30 and There's a hell of a lot of people there watching it too. <laughs> More than you would think would be, you know, spectators at, at a college or something. I would find it funny that, that he's like a 30 year old man and he's waiting for his dad to show up. <laughs> 
um, uh. by the way, it looks like I looked up on IMDb, which, you know, obviously is uh, kind of a crapshoot sometimes on information. Um, but the two editors of this movie were Ned Humphreys and Paul Sador. Ned Humphreys was basically known for this and, uh, he edited a movie called cat people and Cat-y? another one called, yeah. And another one called mission Watch kill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, he's got a, he's got a great track record and Paul Sador, he edited the movie, uh, Hollywood homicide that, uh, Harrison Ford movie, mm-hmm. uh, obsessed <laughs> Turner and Hooch. <laughs> So apparently he, he must have upped his game a little bit a handful of years later. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah he, if he was going by this for a resume, I don't think they would have hired him for some of the other ones. Yeah, there was there was some bad cuts in this movie. So you know how to set endpoints. We can work with that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, <laughs> oh, like I said, dude, this is probably a good time to mention the uh, Stargrove itself. I mean, the name Stargrove. The movie was apparently like titled Stargrove in some other countries. I believe I've seen you know there's some posters on that. Well, I think even in the trailer they kind of frame it like it's called Stargrove. <laughs> yeah. And Star, I think the name, never too young I didn't die. count, but yeah, they had to mention it about, I don't know, what, 400 times? <laughs> that, oh, might, just in, that might be just in the trailer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stargrove, Stargrove. I mean, they say it, like like you said, like 20 <laughs> times, and then, oh, by the way, the movie's called Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that uh, every, time, uh, every time they say his name or something like that, it's a shot of Stamos. Like looking to the left and then turning toward the camera, holding the gun, yeah, and then looking to the right, turning to the camera. <laughs> well, so he was just getting ready for Full House. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> the intro for Full House. Yeah, and, I mean, hey, I'm like, doing something. Wait a minute, there's a camera what? here. <laughs> yeah, the '80s were really bad for that move. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, people that know more about that shit know there's like a name of it. You know, like you know how there's like a name like the. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Lucasfilm, like uh, the Star Wars, what what do they call that? Will the uh, the white the Star Wars white? The, yeah, yeah, the Star Wars. You know the, how there's a name for these little tricks and stuff of the camera and edits and all that. For all I know, there's a name for the the '80s head turn, huh? You know, <laughs> it probably is. I'm looking over I mean, here. What's over there? You know, <laughs> it's almost as proliferate. You know, almost proliferation is the uh, it's the uh, montage. You know, the '80s montage. Oh yeah, there's always yeah. got to be a montage, but there is always yeah, somebody's turning to the camera. And, in some goofy way or whatever, you know. <laughs> come to th- come to think of it, that's about the only thing this movie's really missing is the full on. It's true. Look, it doesn't have a montage. I don't think it has like a full on montage scene. I mean, there's scenes where shit's happening, kind of, that's montage montage ish. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, yeah, but uh, not quite like. I'm thinking when I think montage, I'm thinking full on like Rocky Four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like they're trying to get some. They're showing them getting from point A to point B with music behind it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, they let a lot of time pass in two minutes with music. Yeah. <laughs> Remember there was a montage in the uh, uh, It movie. Remember the, the recent remake. Remember there was uh, like a full-on 80s montage and oh, all yeah. that. Yeah. Anyways, back to uh, this one. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Stargrove song is playing during the credits here, you know, when uh, you see him doing uh, gymnastics. <laughs> also, like right after this, he's like taking a test and it looks like he's using his calculator watch. Yeah. And, at, and at first I'm like, what kind of simple math? Because it was like three minus four and one or something like that. I'm like, why do you need a calculator for this? <laughs> but, but then I realized like he's just like messaging back to his friend, his nerd friend, Cliff, who's like an inventor or whatever. And uh, I, I guess he's kind of like sending the code back to him and he looks up the answers and sends it back to him in, in his little uh, 
little Casio watch there. Then it shows, uh, like, after he takes this test or whatever, he's back with his friend, and uh, Cliff is showing him, like, all these little inventions he's made, and he made, now, did he call it the Fire Blazer gun or the, something like that, right? It, it, they have a name for it, like the Fire Blazer. We'll just, we'll <laughs> yeah, just, we'll just go with that. <laughs> we'll call it the Steaming Hot Pile. Yeah. <laughs> The gun that only works like twenty percent of the time, but <laughs> but when it works, boy. <laughs> but but twenty percent of the time, it works a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> uh, and he's showing him like his other inventions, like he's got he's got some kind of uh, uh like it's like chewing gum that's got like a tracer in it or something. But <laughs> yeah, it's like clearly a bug, just like, like a, a yeah, but it's clearly just like a piece of double bubble. <laughs> Yeah. Cut, cut in half and they put like you know some little thing inside of it like this this I mean, one makes it didn't make much sense to me like it seems like it just you know like fucking pull a filling out or something if you put this in your mouth right like i mean it's a tracker right so you're gonna hide it somewhere anyways i mean it's not like you can take the stu- chewing gum you, know, you could have just had a sticky double-sided sticky tape or something you know <laughs> it and, it's, you a lot of time. and it's not nonchalant either like it, you know if you stuck it on something which he does later on in the movie like it just looks like a big old piece of gum stuck on something like, <laughs> you're walking around your car and you're like who the hell did this? <laughs> yeah, because he click it, like he sticks it on the back of her car and doesn't even try to hide it. Like he just sticks, <laughs> he just sticks it right on her bumper. Like I mean, you know, like, like above the tailpipe. If you're at a restaurant or you're in somewhere and there's a piece of gum under the table, you might just whatever leave it there. But if it's on your car, you're gonna take that shit off. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna and then, and then serve the purpose. And then on top of all this, it's just like a. Hey, hey, Stargrove, come check this out. I created this and I created that. Forget the fact that we're clearly roommates and you've been living here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, he, he gives him the gum or he's like, yeah, that's cool, Cliff. And then he's like, yeah, you can just add that to your collection. <laughs> he, he clearly uh, uh, abuses his friend until he needs him, you know, at, at some point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And I guess he's kind of like the, uh, what'd you say earlier, like the Q character, like from James Bond? Yeah. I guess that's kind of the thing. Like, here's his invention. You know, this is kind of his version of it. Since he's not really uh, connected to the uh, to the spy game, which you'll, you know, get to here, here in a bit. Only in the sequel. When it comes to these types of movies, there's, there's always that type of character. When it comes to, you know, gadgets, gizmos type movie or whatever. I mean, uh, even what was it? Van, remember the movie Van Helsing? Mm-hmm. Did they have that one too? There was a guy who was like, "Okay, you need this, you know." And there's like the steak launcher and all these things. And sometimes yeah, they yeah. work. Sometimes, yep. You always yep. got to have one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the Goonies. Yep. Yep. Well, that's basically <laughs> what Cliff is. Is he's the adult version of that kid from the Goonies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that that was another thing in the '80s too. Like a lot of a lot of different tropes and little things that they did in '80s movies, but that was definitely one of them. And especially like the the hardcore stereotyping of certain people, you know, <laughs> like oh well, yeah, the, yeah, the Asians, the Asian guys got to be super smart, and you know, and the <laughs> the Jewish guys got to be good with money, and so on, you know, all the <laughs> all the stereotypes they played in hard. And then like the there's like a, uh, I guess it's I don't know if it's like the dean or just a teacher or just some random like aide or something comes in and asks them if their parents are coming for Parents Day, Im- immediately uh, sending him into like depression. Clearly, like. <laughs> Well, I know your dad's not coming there. Oh, yeah, well, he is. He's going to be here this time. In your face. (laughs) (laughs) Dad's never coming. I have daddy issues. (laughs) So then you're at the scene where, like, you see, you finally, this is where you're, like, kind of transitioned into uh, seeing Stargrove's dad, Drew Stargrove. And this is uh, George Lazenby's character. 
Um, and he's like a, uh, he's a, he's a spy and he's at like a, a, a dam. Then he, uh, they, uh, they put some C4. <laughs> I love the C4 too. It's just, it's clearly just some Play-Doh. <laughs> they just stick like a little fake looking clock timer thing inside of it, like this little wad of Play-Doh. So much, so much like Play-Doh when he puts it on the wall, it falls down like yeah. Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> It's as if it has the exact traits of Play-Doh. <laughs> or I'm thinking, like, they went a notch below. They didn't even go Play-Doh. They went, like, Silly Putty or something, you know. <laughs> they just went and put a bunch of quarters in the little crank machine and pulled out <laughs> five wads of Silly Putty and put it together. <laughs> they would have been better having Lance's friend make the, you know, double, bu- double bubble in a C4 or something. It would yeah. stick. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like he's, like you said, it sticks on, uh, he sticks it on the wall, and then it falls off, and then... Uh, he runs over there, stick it back on right, pretty much right as it explodes, but he's able to jump out of the way. Unburnt, by the way, like just <laughs> totally fine. Stargrove. And, and he's he's there with two other guys, you know, two other agents or whatever. And then one of the guys who's wearing the worst beard, like fake beard. <laughs> of Which is a consistent thing in this, in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would think spies would be onto this game a little better than that. You know, like... <laughs> Uh, you come to find out his name's Carruthers, and he come. He, obviously, he's a major part in the movie later on. But so, like, uh, apparently, like, Carruthers jumps him, and then uh, uh, they just starts beating that. Uh, like, he knocks he knocks the other guy out, and then just starts beating up on uh, Stargrove. Then he runs away. Stargrove's dad's after him, and then uh, <laughs> this group of uh, like goon punks just come out of nowhere. <laughs> and then, like, his only defense is he pulls out a fucking umbrella. <laughs> And they're like, huh? They're like all confused by it. An umbrella inside. <laughs> That's As bad you luck. would be if that happened, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would throw you for a loop for a second there. If it, <laughs> this is only this guy's is an umbrella. <laughs> then he drops the umbrella and then just starts shooting at him. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he, he murders like half the group, like right there on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, Stargrove. <laughs> uh, but but uh, he's eventually captured and then taken to, uh, to Ragnar, and then Ragnar threatens his son. Uh, he manages to escape. <laughs> one of the dudes he shoots or something knocks him off, and then it's clearly a dummy just falling through the air <laughs> and, hit, and hits the yeah. and hits rock bottom. I mean, like it's not even like it's not even uh, anything lifelike at all. It's clearly just a ragdoll dummy that gets thrown over. I mean, that, um, there's another, another uh, case of the, where the editing could have been better. I mean, if you just thrown the thing over and you see it fall, that's good enough. You didn't need to see it hit because as soon as you see it hit, is when you well, know yeah, for sure it's a dummy. You know? And they did this a couple times in the movie. They just stay with it too long. Like, like yeah. you said, you can see it fly through the air and then cut away. You know, like, you yeah. get the point. Like, he felt it was death. The end. Like, you don't need to see the, 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 the cloth arms flop around, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's not that. that we, at some point, whenever we get more of these under the belt, we have to do, we'll have to do a dummy fall. You know, the worst dummy falls. Uh, <laughs> at some point, we'll get to this movie. I know it's called uh, Zombie well, Holocaust. It's called Dr. Butcher MD was another name for it. Mm-hmm. Has, the, has to be the worst dummy fall. It falls. It hits, and it's obviously a plastic dummy because the arm flies off of it, <laughs> like, like, a, like a department store dummy arm or something. It flew off when it hits the ground, and it must have broke awesome. it because then they couldn't they couldn't be bothered just to reshoot that. You know, <laughs> yeah. ah, yeah. fuck it, we'll just leave it in. I don't know. Is it as bad as Mac and Me? <laughs> Mac and Me dummy <laughs> <laughs> The kid in the uh, uh, 
a wheelchair when he goes into the water. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we should. You're right. We should start making a list. Like, the more movies yeah. that we watch, just, just put make a note of this movie. We need to do that for a YouTube video. Whenever we do another year-end type YouTube video, maybe, you know, edit all these bad dummy falls together. <laughs> yeah, because they, they really have to be seen to be, like to really get the enjoyment of it. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good idea. We should do that. So anyway, uh, eventually... Uh, he uh, Stark Drew Stargrove's dad. He gets cornered, and Ragnar like pulls out a shotgun or some shit and just blows him away. <laughs> and he cuts a cartwheel in the air, like, <laughs> boom! And then he just cuts like three flips in the air. He's dead um, because you know this because they cut straight to his funeral. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is where you're, uh, you know, obviously now John Stamos's character uh, Lance Stargrove. He's there at the funeral and. This is where you're introduced to Donja Deer, Donja Deering, Vanity's character. She's she's just there at the uh, uh, funeral, and he asked the uh, the dude. I think his name was uh, Arliss, the older guy that was with him, who who she was. And he says, "Oh, you know, she's just a friend of your dad's." And he says, "Yeah, I bet she was." <laughs> <laughs> By the way, at this point, this is supposed to be like some kind of secret service almost. They, yeah, they I, really needed some young blood in there because it was that <laughs> old guy, and then like. Ten really old guys standing yeah. around the coffin, <laughs> <laughs> and this is pretty much too at this point too. You don't know whether, <laughs> I mean, at the way this movie's going and the way that it's cut, the budget and everything. I'd mentioned, I think, in the in before we even got into the movie, count it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic movie that's not a post-apocalyptic movie, you know, because yeah, they're riding around in these doom buggies and things like it's yeah. a post-apocalyptic thing, but it's not. Yeah, it's it, it gets weird for sure. Yeah. Not gets weird. It is weird. The whole movie's <laughs> weird, but like, that aspect of it, it's like, what the fuck? Like they're just fighting these dudes from Mad Max. Like all the extras. Yeah, yeah. Max. But it's not post-apocalyptic. It's modern time, or well, modern to that time, to you know. Yeah, yeah. 1986, it's, 35. It's but. still 1986, but like th this little gang likes to pretend they're in Thunderdome, and yeah. it's just how they live life. <laughs> I'm guessing the way this started was Ragnar was like, "Hey, man, y'all see that movie Thunderdome?" Man, yeah, that thing's good. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we, we should, should cosplay that. that. We should cosplay that. All right, when do you want to do it? Every day. Yeah. Every day. When, when do we meet? All the time. <laughs> do we brush our teeth? Never. Um, no. We're never out of costume. It's not a costume. It's our way of life. <laughs> what do I do with my my motorcycle? Ride it always. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice callback to uh, Return of the Living Dead right there, which you just did. Yep. Smoke. I caught it. Uh, <laughs> oh, you caught that awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Lance, uh, Lance Stargrove inherits all the, you know, his dad's money and whatnot. And, and uh, apparently his dad owned a farm. So uh, then it cuts to uh, Donja. <laughs> Donja's at this farm, or at least you don't know that for, for sure, but you're pretty sure it's probably the same farm, right? And it turns out it is. But Donja's riding a horse on this farm, and uh, which I like that too. Like she leaves the funeral early. Just to go to that farm and ride a horse in anger. <laughs> she's got to get like anger horse riding out. Um, so she takes it in the barn and she's like, you know, brushing it off or whatever. And then just some random barbarian just, <laughs> just jumps. And he's and he literally, ha! And he's got the headband, the 80s headband on, and his oh, hair is and like. And his hair is standing huge. straight up. Yeah. Like, I think you eventually learn uh, that his name's Pyramid. Um. <laughs> and also at this point you've already seen the possible post-apocalyptic thing the spy thriller 
sort of a sci-fi ish action hero type dude. And now Conan the Barbarian type barbarians are flying out at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like Pyramid jumps her. She just like she gets out of the way and then jumps up on like a wall or something and then like hits something and the wall revolves and there's like a whole room of guns back there. <laughs> By the way, when when the when the wall revolves around and she's facing the inside, there are guns facing the guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I noticed. I'm like, what? Well, pyramid should just go over there and grab that gun and blast her ass away. With as soon as she turns around, <laughs> this whole thing's over. <laughs> but clear, clearly, pyramid's not all there. He's just like a raving lunatic barbarian man. That um, is friend Oval. <laughs> um so she, she revolves around and comes back out with a gun and uh <laughs> then she like shoots at him or something then she eventually gets the upper hand and then pushes his face into horse shit <laughs> like he goes down on his knees like uh, don't 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 shoot me or something like that and then she like knocks him over and like pushes his head into a pile of horse shit <laughs> Meanwhile, and this dude looks like he could do continuity. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Willie. <laughs> this dude looks like he could do push-ups with three of this woman on his back. <laughs> oh, easily. <laughs> He's a gigantic man, and she just—I <laughs> mean, I'm talking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his like youth prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then, as she's pushing his face into the pile of horseshit, uh, another maniac just falls to the ceiling, and he's screaming like. Knocks her down, and then like uh, you know, she's got she's lost the gun now. Uh, Pyramid gets back up with the shit on his face, and <laughs> then he yeah, says, I was gonna say a little while ago, and with the continuity, yeah, they yeah. make sure the oh, yeah, shit was on the face of the whole scene. It's not, awesome. yeah, but it's not covering his whole face. Like if no, you, if you got your face skin. dunked in shit, it would be like brown, you know, like <laughs> yeah. from forehead to chin. But no, it's just barely kind of on the side of his face. Clearly, you know. They cleaned it off of his face. But then he lays down the line, fork over some ram cave, bitch, or we'll tenderize your butt. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be filthy and simple in the same sentence. <laughs> and what the hell is ram cave, by the way? Like, they, they say this multiple times. Like, I think they even chanted it at one time. Like, is that just a, like a 1986 slang for a, a floppy disk, ram cave? <laughs> it must be something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe, with yeah, computer, I guess right? with the with the, the disc or whatever, right? Yeah, it has to be like a thirty-five year old reference. I don't get it. <laughs> um, Man, you got a TI eighty five? What? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I need that TI eighty five. Nineteen eighty five, man. <laughs> yeah, we can use that. Like I said, it was shot. Yeah, it, it was shot in nineteen eighty five, so it's it's fair game. So then uh Lance uh arrives at this point, like you know what, they've got the upper hand. Um uh, he shows up and uh then he that's a a proper distraction so she's able to get the upper hand and they they just run away and then the fucking barn blows up <laughs> because there just happens to be a fucking crate of grenades sitting over in the corner clearly labeled grenades <laughs> <laughs> you you would have think when he when he snuck in you know either she or him would have grabbed one of those grenades but <laughs> but I think it was under, yeah, that's, like, that's all she would have had to do at that point it would have been oh, all she had to do is grab one and throw it right in the middle of them boom <laughs> I think the other thing too is like I think it was under a bale of hay so I mean like, who the fuck stores their grenades like in, in stacks hay on top of the grenades like that um, Stargrove Stargrove 
the but the the barn like something catches fire and then like eventually the fire goes over to the grenades and then the whole barn explodes and and of course typical 80s style you see the barn blow up like 18 times you know in, in 10 seconds but that's that's fairly common so you know i can't rag on them too much for that like, they get their money's worth out of that one shot you know because all right let's set up 20 cameras because we can only do this once <laughs> and that was one of the money shots i guess you could say as far as explosions go yeah well i'm sure good big, in there. whatever their but what, what did we say the budget might have been on this around three million three million so, yeah yeah it was all so, in explosives. And, so that's, and that's, that's whatever they had left over from paying George Lazenby. To be <laughs> yeah. in this. Was that one barn shot and whatever they do at the dam later on, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they weren't able to shoot that out there on the dam for free. So like the Los Angeles dam or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> Cause that was another thing too. Like when you see the dam later on, it's clearly got like the markings, you know, like they didn't even try to cover up the markings of wherever this was, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think they ever really said where this was. Obviously, we know that the movie was shot in the Los Angeles area, but yeah, yeah. I don't know if they ever put like a, a geographical a like yeah, pin on think... it, did they? Like where yeah, it was it, it was a uh, uh, Anytown USA. Yeah, <laughs> it was one two three Main Street, Anytown USA. <laughs> uh, so like after the barn blows up, now they're in the house. I guess that's nearby here. You know, the house on the farm, and uh, they talk and. You know, I guess he's kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And she, you know, kind of tells what she was or to his dad or whatever. And then an alarm goes off and someone arrives. Turns out it's Carruthers. And uh, she goes and gets in the car with him and, and kind of catches him up to speed. So then uh, I guess he tells her that uh, Ragnar is going to be performing down at the incinerator later on tonight. <laughs> um, so she goes in the house and then gets dressed to, to go out and. Uh, so I'm going to go down to see rag meet Ragnar. Not like I have no idea what the fuck her plan was here because like she goes to the incinerator thing like and then he eventually follows her. Lance follows her and uh, they basically stand there and watch him perform and then she immediately leaves. So like what the hell was the intention of going there to begin with? Right. <laughs> I guess just like, get a visualization of them. I guess uh, I think it was just a way for them to shoehorn in. uh uh, Gene Simmons being able to perform a song at least once in this movie, right? So <laughs> that's the way they can do it. By the um, way, one thing I noticed about the uh, the band when they were playing. Uh, so if you've ever watched like guitar players play, uh, sometimes you know they'll be playing like a really intricate part, and they'll they'll make a face while they're doing it. You know where you're yeah, like yeah. just totally focused. Yeah, yeah some people really make really weird faces. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the guitar player for this one just held his mouth open like in a circle the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> and he painted in white, white makeup. So it just, it sticks out. It's just like, Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, like there's no intricate guitar work being heard at all. <laughs> yeah. He's just, you know, because just that's a, that song, in, that song in particular, he performs. It's just like, boom, dang, boom, boom, dang, boom, boom. Long pause. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's just really, really into the basic blues beat of that. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes. They go down to the incinerator nightclub to watch Ragnar uh, perform, and uh, he follows. Which is, you like know, it's your basic uh, post-apocalyptic transvestite bike, biker bar that you would have in town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then the song is like, "You don't know what I am, but I can give you what you need." Something like that. It's uh, <laughs> it's a horrible. It's about as horrible as you can imagine. It is, you know, <laughs> Gene Simmons and drag. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad, but uh, maybe we'll play some audio of that here shortly. 
Uh, or maybe at the end there, I'll, I'll throw a little, at least a little bit of that song in at the end of the show. How about that? So then like, uh, they're kind of her and, uh, Lance are talking or whatever. And, and, and then eventually he says something like, you know, well, I don't know what your intent, you know, who you are or whatever. He, he says something to a soldier and she slaps him and leaves. Then Lance decides to go back and visit Ragnar himself and he, uh, to get an autograph, I guess just to meet him face to face. Sorry, I'm thinking of what's coming. I know. It's got to be one of the most just, interesting scenes in the entire film. <laughs> you mean just like, go get me the ink, and then he signs the uh, autograph with his finger? With the finger? <laughs> nope, that's not even what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a little bit later on, I think, is maybe what you're... <laughs> the, part, the part that I'm thinking is, uh, it's just like, all right, yeah, here you go. Stargrove! Yeah. <laughs> to get a reaction out of him in the back and then he doesn't react at all. <laughs> Does that name mean something to me? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Josh! that. Josh! Uh, no, uh, oh shit. I got, I got you. <laughs> ah, damn it. Yeah, but I did like the uh, get me that ink over there, and then he si- he signs it with his finger. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if you if you go back and look at that, you can see it's just scribbles. It's not even. He didn't even really sign it. He just kind of like <laughs> on the on the picture, you know. <laughs> they didn't even try to follow it up by like doing a proper signature on there so it looked somewhat legit. So then that's when uh, uh, Lance decides to bug the room with the chewing gum on the uh, on like the boar or whatever the hell it was on the wall. He just sticks it on the side of it. The deer head. By the way, why was he bugging that? I guess so that he was could a- hear. I guess that was a tracker. Or whatever. Wasn't it yep. a tracker? That's true. It was. But that's Yo, what he it, said. But yeah, that's the, true. <laughs> the, chi- <laughs> the chewing gum was a tracker. Yes, but uh, I guess he had chewing gum. Well, he, remember he did say add it to your collection or whatever. So maybe you, maybe if you're really uh, maybe thinking he had made about a it, bug form later or <laughs> yeah, earlier. Yeah, maybe he had made a, a, a bug gum or something like that. So <laughs> now they should have explained that a little better. But yeah, maybe that's where he got it from. <laughs> But he bugs the room, like, to listen to Ragnar, and then, like, uh, as soon as he leaves, Ragnar, like, finds the bug and then flushes in the toilet as Lance is outside listening to it. Oh, and then, like, some, so as Lance, like, right after this, Lance is about to leave, some drunk guy comes over and takes his bike and, and then cranks it up and it immediately blows up. <laughs> I don't think it killed the dude either. Like, didn't the dude just get it, like, blow off, get up and run away? <laughs> and I don't, he, I'm guessing that's because of what they, they had, they had, you know, Put a bomb in his bike whenever the uh, ignition was turned on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he uh, then he goes and takes his friend Cliff's bike to follow Donja. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's some Mad Max dudes chasing Donja <laughs> as she's driving down the highway. Then she drives under the uh, like a Mack truck, like a big rig. <laughs> she perfectly <laughs> just drives her little convertible, like Lamborghini or whatever it is, right up underneath the truck. Oh, no, it was a Corvette. It's Corvette. A Corvette. Okay. Yeah, okay. She drives the Corvette like up underneath the Mack truck, like uh, Clark Drew, like Griswold Christmas vacation and... style. Yeah. <laughs> Except this is even before that. So, <laughs> oh, and this is where an- another part of the bad editing comes in. Did you notice like the stunt drivers don't like for her underneath that thing, and then then for Stargrove driving the bike don't look anything like anything Donja like... or Stargrove. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the stunt guy's like a dude, like a big dude with a beard, you know, <laughs> they didn't even try to like, uh, shave the guy or like find a dude that looked kind of like him. And then uh, it's like, I nope, think the, not doing it. you're not paying me enough to shave it. Yeah. Give me some I, more think, I think the woman driving the car is like a, 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 a curly headed, like long haired, curly headed woman. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look anything like vanity. 
Even, it, I mean, there was a lot like of a things they would get away with. I mean, or a lot of things that they would just like, fuck it, we're just doing this, you know, and nobody will notice. Or if they do, oh, well, that you wouldn't do these days, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even on bigger budget movies back then, you'd notice yeah, that a lot absolutely. of times. <laughs> there are movies that came out well before this that looked mm -hmm. 40 times better than this. So, I mean, you can't even blame the times. It's just yeah, just uh, cheaply made, clearly. Cut a lot of corners. Um, yeah. <laughs> then she eventually like uh, uh, Don just driving under the truck, but she pulls out a gun and then kills both the dudes that are chasing after him. And then like they stop on the road, and Lance gets in the car and comes with her, and um, leaves and his friend's motorcycle on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did say like he gets in the car and then she drives off, and he says, "Hey, my my uh, my motorcycle or my bike or whatever." And uh, I think she's just kind of like, "Yeah, whatever. You know, we'll replace it or something." <laughs> so at least they did reference it. They didn't just you know. <laughs> say fuck that dude's bike and never mention it again um so then she's driving down the road and then she runs over some spikes in the road now my question is how the fuck did she did not see these spikes in the road like this isn't like those stop sticks that like police throw out where they like wait till the dude gets right there and throw them out and whip them back no like they just rolled them right out and then like ha, 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 she'll be here in just a second and then of course just 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 runs right over them and they're big too so it's like it's not like you know nonchalant i didn't see them you know but of course that uh blows the tires out and they they spin out and then the uh the some of the mad max goons come along and capture them and uh she she kills a few of them you know just right there on the spot <laughs> the, the 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 goon the mad max goon uh head count in this movie has got to be dozens you know where they just straight up murder these people <laughs> um they're stacking up by this point then uh lance Stargrove wakes up and he's at home and then he's kind of like oh what the fuck maybe you're thinking that was almost like a dream or something right and then all of a sudden two goons come in and just beat the shit out of him <laughs> the guy's like dragging his head through the sink like multiple times I mean like this would have fucked his face all up with this dude's doing to him like <laughs> he's just bashing his uh, face into like uh, glass plates into the sink but he's just got a couple cuts you know he's all good um, he actually manages to fight them off. He's a star grove. Cool. Yeah. Which you, star which, grove. About, which this is where you get the line is like, uh, cause they called him a scumbag or something. And then he manages to fight them off and then they run away. And he's like, name of that scumbag is star grove. Lance <laughs> star grove. <laughs> <laughs> so then like he goes back in the house and like, he's looking at his dad's uh, little pendant there that he had. And he's trying to put it on like a necklace or something. And he drops it and it rolls across the floor. And then like, these uh, floor panels start glowing as, uh, you know, floor panels do when a little pin falls on the floor. So then, like, he, he he picks it up and then he, like, pushes them or something and the bed slides back and then it reveals there's, like, a secret spy room up underneath the bedroom there um, where it's all of his dad's spy stuff. Then as he's in there looking around, someone arrives outside and it's Cliff. It turns out, it's, he, like, he thought it was an intruder, but it turns out it's Cliff. And uh, he's brought, like... Uh, he said uh, something about like, where'd you get the bike? And like, yeah, I used one of your credit cards or something. And he doesn't even, it doesn't even phase him. Like he's not <laughs> mad or whatever. He's like, I used one of your credit cards to buy a new bike. Um, but he brought the fire blazer gun with him that he had invented. Um, then he also tells him like, uh, we need to find this floppy disk. Oh, you mean that one that your dad sent you? What? He's like, yeah, I, I conveniently built this compartment into this bike <laughs> to store the floppy disk. Like number one, like, Okay, you can you you're an inventor. You can invent a lot of things, you know, right? So that that's not that big of a deal, like a little compartment for this. But how would he have known the importance of the floppy disk enough to go through the trouble to build a compartment <laughs> for the floppy disk? 
Um, so they get on the bike and then they leave. Then this is when you get introduced to Riley, which is Robert England's little small character. Ragnar is there with Riley. And uh, um, I guess Riley's kind of like the dude, like the, the brains, you know, so to speak, the computer geek that's uh, kind of helping him. You know, once we get the floppy disk, then the plan is in motion. We can poison the water and get all the money. Then another guy, like another guy, one of the goons shows up or whatever that he failed to, to get him. And then uh, this is when you find out what the finger is. He's t- <laughs> he just takes out the, you know, or he pulls a, a little uh, his finger out and then just stabs the dude right in the side of the throat. And the guy instantly dies. <laughs> and and uh, I, I like the, uh, the look on Gene Simmons face, too, like. He instantly goes into like kiss demon mode as soon as like yeah. Like, uh, I'm gonna give him the finger and then like his eyes roll to the back of his head. Roll back ah! with the white of the eyes. <laughs> he stabs him in the throat and then the guy dies and then just drag him away. Then you see Donja like she's been, obviously like I said she's been captured so she's being tortured you know just trying to figure out where the disc is, and then eventually uh, Lance and uh, Cliff arrive. And they just blow down the door. And then uh, they're going inside and they're running around. And then Cliff shoots the uh, fire blazer and it's a dud. Like it, just, it takes off and just goes boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, like clearly they just took like a tennis ball and caught it on fire and threw it, you know, kind of thing. Like, but then the next shot, it's like a damn curveball. It, it kind of dips and then goes back up and then it just blows a dude. <laughs> it blows a bunch of dudes up. Like, Blows them to kingdom come. Then they eventually get in and free Donja. Then they try to shoot the fire blazer again. And then it blows like a whole wall out. And then they escape. <laughs> Did you notice too, like when this happened, like they blow a hole in the wall and then they're running out and there's a, uh, there's a bunch of the, the, you know, the, the Mad Max goons running after them. And then yeah. there's just some random guy in a hat standing over <laughs> on the left, like <laughs> holding like a steel pipe or something like that. But he's not, he's clearly not, not part of this, yeah. you know, <laughs> this these events going on he just happens to walk up on it i guess i'm guessing it's like a crew member they just said fuck it we're not cutting it out <laughs> probably the dude's just, he's just wearing like a button-up shirt and a, and a hat and some blue jeans and he's holding like a pipe or something he's just standing over on the left <laughs> got a shirt that says where's frankie yeah i'm surprised it just doesn't say crew on the back of it or something you know? and they just said fuck it we're not cutting it out um I, and it's pretty quick i mean you know to their credit like I'm I'm looking around for this goofy shit, so I kind of notice it. But I mean, he's blatantly there, though. It's not like some random dude in the background. He's right in the forefront of the camera. But it's. Do you think cool. of the end of? Do you think of the end of putting this whole movie together? It's just like, all right, let's go back and watch it, and make sure everything's good. No, no, no. It's a masterpiece. It, it's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, this is another. Again, watching this movie and then seeing these little things reminds me of some of other movies and ones that we got to get to. And because of the whole thinking about the post-apocalyptic thing. There's a movie called uh, 1990, The Bronx Warriors, where I've, Italian, I've heard of that one. I've never watched it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get around to that one. But <laughs> speaking of like just like shit that they just let fly, you know, they're riding a motorcycle in this one scene. This whole group of like, three or four or five of them. And it's in, you know, they go up on the there's like a sidewalk. They're in some gravel, right? So they are riding off, boom, up up onto the gravel, up onto the sidewalk. The last guy to do it, he just loses it. He wrecks the bike. He's just boom, boom, boom. They just leave that scene in there and cut to the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) Totally loses it. I don't know if they left it in there just because it was funny or they just didn't (laughs) give a shit or what. Or he died and they felt like they had to leave his last moments on earth on film. (laughs) Cause I mean, it it was just them riding off into the, the end of the distance into the, you know, camera shot right before the camera shot cuts. And so you just don't expect anything. It's just the end of a shot, end of a scene, Mm. boom, riding up. And then the other last guy, boom, 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 boom. You see the back tire go, you know, get loose in the gravel, and then he falls over. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hilarious. We got to get to that one. 
These so after, so after they uh, blow a hole in the wall and they and they make their escape, then they uh, eventually meet up with Arliss and Carruthers, and uh, once again Carruthers with the, the horrible glued on beard is there, and then like Lance is looking at him like suspicious, like he he suspects Carruthers is not you know he's not on the up and up, like he's you know he doesn't trust him because um, he's clearly like cutting eyes at him and like hmm you know I'm wondering about this old Carruthers guy. So then like right after that like uh, him and uh, Stargrove and Donja they finally kiss. But he's like, no, 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 we can't do anything, you know, for whatever reason. And he's still all uh, fucking, like in his feelings about shit and won't <laughs> doesn't reciprocate. A couple of the uh, I, I, I don't even know. I, I guess other they're not spy agents, but they're like military. So I guess now this is like a full on military um, outfit now that they're with. Right. I mean, a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah, they're not, very, and stuff. they're not very giving of information <laughs> in this film. Yeah, yeah. Thing you know escalate <laughs> so there's a couple of these dudes around and they're like uh hey there's something wrong with your bike here i can uh, take a look at that and he's like no 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 I, you know, cliff is like no I'll, I'll take care of that meanwhile carruthers is there when this happens and he's cutting his eyes like hmm, you know like something fishy why wouldn't he let them fix their fix his bike then there's this long scene i'm talking like five six minutes long right after this of donja oiling herself up um you know like in a bikini hosing herself down and like and uh stargrove is just over in the corner like staring at her the whole time like pacing back and forth goes in and gets <laughs> like an apple <laughs> goes in and gets another apple yeah goes and gets like a bottle of water <laughs> a banana and the or whole thing <laughs> then a banana yeah like all the fruits on the vine uh <laughs> So clearly she's wanting some D and he ain't <laughs> and for whatever reason he ain't he's not willing to reciprocate. Well, clearly he is between the ages of sixteen and twenty-two. <laughs> I was just trying to get his potassium levels up and everything first. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say sixteen to thirty-five, which is more, <laughs> more where this falls at, but whatever. <laughs> so eventually, like uh they have and, the and then again, call it back to the beginning of the podcast. The, the shooting of this gets dramatically better for this whole scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no bad cuts. It's all good. It's all good lighting. Uh, <laughs> they, they spent their budget on blowing up the barn, whatever they do at the dam at the end, and this scene right here. They made, they made sure they got this. <laughs> you could say they blew their wad. Mm. <laughs> No pun intended. Wait, yes, it was. Very yeah, intended. fully intended. <laughs> full pun. Full pun. So, full pun. so she's she's full just trying to pun. pull. She's just trying to pull him in, and then eventually he's like, "Fuck it, let's do it," you know. And then they have they have the sex. Um, <laughs> and then after that, he, he makes some like uh, comment like, oh, "That was great. Yeah, let's do it again." And then I guess they're you know about to get down to business, and then it finally cuts out of that. But like this is serious, it's this is a really long scene, though. Like, and not even, like, the sex scene was the long... That wasn't the long part. No, it was that lead-in. Yeah, it's just all that shit, like, her her oiling up and hosing down and everything, and him eating all and his fruits. You had that quick editing, like, half-frame edits, like, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <slowly> edits, right? <laughs> so who, whoever shot and edited this, you know, those people, they must have been really into foreplay. <laughs> fuck the actual event um well like you said he probably wasn't he was supposed to be about 16 right so the actual event was probably only about 16 to, 16 to 35 <laughs> oh 16 to 35 yeah yeah 
Um, so then uh, 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 one of the Mad Max guys uh, knock out Cliff and takes takes the bike. bike. Um, and as it turns out, it's Pyramid. Because <laughs> like he drives, like he's got like a helmet on or something, right? And then he drives down the road on the bike, and then he just screams. <laughs> he takes the helmet off. He's like, ah! <laughs> 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 ha oh, No, now we know it's Pyramid. I know because of the screams. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to upstage Gene Simmons in this movie, but Pyramid might might be there. <laughs> yeah, just just for his mere his mere presence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not from great <laughs> acting or anything like no, that. No, no. <laughs> Just anytime he's on the screen. <laughs> well, see, he's got a lot of angles in the show. Oh, yeah. A pyramid. Yeah, a pyramid. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Lance and uh, Donja, like, they're in there, like, uh, post-coitus. And they're just, like, you know, hugging up and stuff. And then uh, a couple of the uh, chopper guys just bust in, like, put the, put your clothes on. Which I assume, like, they were being captured. Were they? That was I was kind of confused by that. Like, were they being captured? Yeah, or or, or were this? Yeah, or were these like hey, y'all quit fucking and come on, let's get down to business? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. It was one or the other there. Right? Yeah. Again, they're not very giving of like I said information in this movie. It's just like shit yeah, happened. Yeah. Boom. Okay, yeah. you just go um, with it, I guess. So now they're in a. They go with these guys and they're in a chopper. Uh, then this is when uh, Carruthers re- <laughs> reveals himself as a Ragnar. <laughs> 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 he goes through the whole thing of taking the beard off and then he changes his voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not talking to If you didn't already know that was Gene Simmons, if you didn't know it was Gene Simmons, then you were either either you don't know Kiss or Gene Simmons at all, or you're just blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fake beard. I mean, come on. I mean, even if you didn't know Gene Simmons by you know his face by heart, uh, this dude uh, is just it's just bad. It's just, <laughs> his disguise is bad. But then he takes the beard off and the mustache and he's everything. You didn't think I was Carruthers, did you? I'm Ragnar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he still had the eyeliner on, even as Carruthers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, then uh, you turn around and he's quickly like dressed like Ragnar again. When they arrive at Ragnar's uh, base to like uh, celebrate the victory, um, he's he's completely in drag again now. <laughs> really quickly, you know, like he's ready to go. Then they drag Lance, uh, and, and Donja out. And, uh, now they have the disc. So it looks like they've got the ultimate victory. Then Lance challenges, uh, pyramid to a fight and, uh, Ragnar lets him do it. And, uh, of course he just, <laughs> he, he pretty easily dispatches of him too. Like, doesn't he kick him or something, get the gun and then just blows him away. The end, like pyramid's <laughs> dead. Like, there's this, there's this huge yeah, that build up. Like, that was definitely, uh, Definitely a what do you call that anti-climax yeah. scene for pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should have gone out way better than that. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, he's pretty much quickly dispatched, and then, uh, then a chopper shows up and just starts shooting at the crowd, and everybody disperses and runs away. Um, Lance and Donja are looking for Ragnar, um, Cliff, and then uh, Cliff arrives with all the other like uh, military guys. They show up to help out. Then eventually Ragnar gets like uh, uh, getting gets in a truck. And uh, takes off. Like, I guess it's, uh, I don't even know what the hell the truck is, right? Because he doesn't do anything with the truck, but for whatever reason, it's a truck that he takes off in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lance follows him on the bike, and Don just following in the chopper. Uh, Ragnar arrives at the uh, dam, you know, like the water source or whatever. And uh, Lance, who isn't too far behind, you know, Ragnar kind of runs out, and then Lance isn't far behind, and then he finally catches up. Then uh, <laughs> he doesn't, like, get off the bike and run down, like, to the top of the dam or something. He rides the bike onto the top of the dam. 
So then Ragnar sees him coming a mile away and then uh, grabs a crowbar and just sticks it in the bike wheel and he just fucking flips and slides off. By the way, doesn't get rid of the crowbar, has it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck um, it in, tripped the bike up, and then I guess just yanked it back out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> turns turns out if you're in a hermaphrodite, you have really good reflexes. <laughs> yeah, super strength. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cat like speed and reflexes. Um, All so professional then they, athletes. They finally have their little confrontation, their fight or whatever. And uh, he says, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to win this fight because I'm half man and half woman, which, uh, <laughs> which means I'm better than you. You're a whole man. You know, some stupid shit, whatever they're going back and forth about here. <laughs> it's a horrible little uh, uh, soliloquy. <laughs> You know, yeah. so then they, <laughs> this is the best part of the fight. They're fighting, roll around the ground. It's a weak ass fight, obviously, but they're fighting and roll around the ground. And then, uh, uh, Ragnar's boobs fall out <laughs> or his like chest comes out. Fall. He, he, he doesn't really have, he didn't really have boobs per se. He's just a dude wearing like women's clothes, but like his <laughs> chest falls out of the thing. Right. Lance bites his tit. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of the skirmish. We, we, now, now, how does John Stamos just say? We actually had to rewind that scene. <laughs> oh, I did we wanted too. to see if it was a body double there or, if it, or what was that, you know? I did too because they zoomed in. You see, like, his chest fall out of that little, you know, outfit he's wearing. Yeah. And then he bites him, or it looks like he bites him, and then he screams. I'm like, wait a minute. Did he just bite Ragnar's tits? <laughs> and then, yep, sure enough, that's what happened when I rewound it. See, doing the deep research for you, you uh, Spook Show listeners, we, I had to watch this multiple times. This is one scene, but <laughs> just but it was just for you guys. Trust me. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so then Ragnar. I mean, if that was a VHS tape, it would have like a worn spot, right? Oh wait, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the tracking was really bad during this. <laughs> wait, what were you and your wife doing during that scene? <laughs> we stopped watching this movie watched something a lot better and then went back and finished it um, oh yeah, that explains it <laughs> ah, it's all coming together now <laughs> so then after like he bites Ragnar's tits like he just screams like ah and then you know kind of comes off and then uh, Ragnar fingers him he gives him the old finger uh, <laughs> but then he like, he like stuck him in the side or something like that right yeah I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like he stuck him in the side or whatever. And then uh, Lance is hanging off the side of the dam. This is this is when you get the money. The money line. Ragnar tells him, "Well, you're never too young to die." So they should have just they should have just froze the screen and they said the end right there. Like you didn't need anything <laughs> else to happen. <laughs> it's like any, this, anytime you have the title of the movie come out, that's where you, especially if it's at the end though. You know, if it comes out the yeah. beginning. That's too soon. You know, at the end, yeah, that's it. Freeze credits. Yeah, that's one of the things that they did proper in this movie. They held on to that line until it was like pretty much the very <laughs> yeah. end. Yeah. It just shows you're, you're never never too young to die. It's still better than Home Sweet Home, though, where it's just on the dude's, the tattoos on the dude's hand. <laughs> the bad, the horrible stamps, hand stamp yeah. tattoos. <laughs> he, uh, the only thing I can figure is he must have went to a club called Home Sweet Home and like he still had it like, you know, tattooed on his, the ink on his hand. Yeah. Anyway, so he says, never too young to die. And then Donja, uh, who's in the chopper now, like she's hovering over above. She pulls out like a damn like uh, dirty, hairy, like magnum pistol that's got like a scope on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and starts shooting. 
down, and she's a horrible shot. Obviously, the scope didn't help. <laughs> Meanwhile, earlier in the movie, like she's in a car shooting uh, guys on a motorcycle. Yeah, pinpoint <laughs> accuracy. <laughs> well, the difference was, see, like back in that scene, that was clearly a stunt driver. So <laughs> when they actually had to put her, you know, on there, it's like <laughs> shooting left and right. Then Lance, you know, he sees that like Ragnar's actually got the upper hand here, and, like he's hanging off the side of the dam. Then he tells Ragnar how be- how beautiful you are. <laughs> and, <laughs> the old reverse psychology thing here. Too. Yeah, c- come closer. Let me just see how beautiful you are. And then I guess he grabs a hold of Ragnar's hand and then fingers him. And then that's when you get the the eyes roll back. Gene Simmons, ah, you know, his eyes go back into his head there. <laughs> then he uh, he straight up does like the, the the old like WWE head scissors. Like he, yeah, he, yeah. he slings up. <laughs> Off the side of the dam, head scissors him over the side of the dam. And this is when you see Ragnar fall to his death, you know, the <laughs> the dummy fall again, which they stuck with all the way to the bottom. All the way <laughs> to the very end. Oh, um, man. I always thought they should have had, I was waiting for another one liner right there, too, or like something like, oh, sit your half man and half one, why don't you go fuck yourself? And then, you know, yeah, talk yeah. over. <laughs> Well, you well, they have to fucking only... yourself, Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an old man. <laughs> Why don't you go down? All the way down. <laughs> <laughs> so many so many options there, you know. But yeah, no, they 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 uh they blew it. Um I'm bummed. Yeah. <laughs> and then like uh, all right, so like but you still got the problem of like, you know, uh Ragnar set off this computer where the poison's gonna get in the water, so like he still gotta resolve that. So he runs out like he didn't just fucking smash the computer because clearly that's all he's got to do. Just smash the computer when he can't figure out how to get into it. Instead, he runs over and gets that fire blazer gun and tries to shoot it, and then it's another dud. Like, dum, 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 dum. Then he just decides, like, you know what? Fuck it. The gun ain't gonna. The gun's not gonna work this right. He goes over and uh, grabs the suitcase or the uh, the little suitcase that the computer's in, throws it up in the air at the same time as the fire blazer gun, <laughs> and then they just they they collide in midair and then just blow up. <laughs> as guns do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It just blows up in midair. The day is because what, what would you have done if it hadn't worked that time? Then pretty much the whole dam was going to go. Well, it would have fell down and took the dam out and killed everybody. <laughs> that would have been a fun ending too, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, that was that was unexpectedly dire. I didn't. I really didn't think it'd end that way. Uh, star crow. <laughs> Five stars. Then there's like a really sulk, you know, sulky type Stargrove song at the end, you know, real sad and melancholy yeah, well, song. The day, the day has been saved. And then so like the last little bit here, uh, Lance and uh, Donja kiss. He's like, are you sure you don't want to be like now they're recruiting him into the, uh, the fucking government agency. Like right? <laughs> the old man crew. Yeah, they're 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 like, oh, you you want in on the clubs? No, no, this is just too much for me, man. I've been shot at and everything. It's it's too much. So him and uh, Cliff leave in the dune buggy. Like they're like, hey, do you mind if we just take this uh, this uh, pertinent information from the investigation here? You mind if we just drive it away? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good, good, go for it. You know, you've done a lot. (laughs) And then they sit there and follow the dune buggy, and it's like he goes down one way, turns around, (laughs) drives back by. And loops back around, comes stops. back, and then and then he's like, "I couldn't leave you." Basically, so Donja gets in, and then they drive off again. And then she makes some like crack joke about uh, seeing Ragnar's body or something like that. Like, Did you get a good look at Ragnar's body? He's like, "Don't start with me." <laughs> and that was the end credit. So uh, there you have it. Never too young to die. From 1986, Will. 
What's your star rating on this? <laughs> What's your star grove rating? <laughs> you know what? It was half man. It was half woman. I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Smoke, what about you? Yeah, you know, you, you already know what you're getting into when you get this movie. It's And it's entertaining as hell, I think, all the way through. Uh, I go with three stars on this one. Mm. It was fun. Yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to go with Will two and a half. But I, I agree. I mean, I think we all enjoyed it. Uh, it it's mm. definitely a, it's a fun hour and a half. It's full on 1985. It's everything you want it to be, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not going in this expecting, uh, you know, Godfather Part Two or anything like that. Like you, you know what this is, like you said. So, and it and it pretty much delivers, other than the mon not having a montage in it somewhere. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, well, I, yeah. I don't know that that they they dropped the ball there. I mean, yeah, I yeah. have a movie like this without a montage. I don't know, but they had plenty yeah. of that other thing that we don't know the name of. Well, turning towards the camera and yeah. Yeah, this yeah. movie about a hermaphrodite. They they don't have any balls. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll definitely be watching this again just for shits and giggles one of these days for sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> regardless of whether it has anything to do with the podcast, like if, if I just happen to like, you know what? I just I just want to uh, veg out and watch a stupid movie. Like this will be one I'll plug in. Son, would you like to watch a movie about a he she? <laughs> you like gladiator so, movies? Nice. <laughs> so I want to show you this movie about a heavy metal hermaphrodite. <laughs> and a, not and a, this again dad yep yep <laughs> alright so with that uh, that leads us into our next uh, episode it'll be kind of a, a Valentine's Day special we're going to be watching My Bloody Valentine the remake from 2009 but we're uh, the twist is uh, hopefully if everything if the, if the moon and the stars align right and we're able to pull this off we want to uh, watch this with all of our wives so we're actually going to have our wives on to help kind of discuss and poke fun at the movie um all of us together so it should be a, an interesting episode if you know if all goes to plan and if <laughs> uh, and if of course they're all like you know fuck that i'm not doing it then it'll just be the, <laughs> it'll just be the three of us like usual but uh, uh sorry about the lead up for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> just letting you know that the, that the payoff might not be coming if they all bail out but, <laughs> uh yeah so uh the synopsis for my bloody valentine is Tom returns to his hometown on the 10th anniversary of the Valentine's Night Massacre that claimed the lives of 22 people. Instead of a homecoming, Tom finds himself suspected of committing the murders, and it seems like his old flame is the only one that believes he's innocent. So, there you go. So, hopefully, if all goes to goes to plan, then uh, it'll be an interesting, funny little uh, episode for our next show. So you guys got anything to add here about never too young to die before we close up shop? And the only thing I can say is Stargrove. <laughs> Stargrove. What? 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 Oh, ah, got you dummy. <laughs> Age <it> up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So for, uh, Will and for the professor smoke and Gene Simmons and vanity and all the rest, uh, this is Josh and we are the all American spook show podcast. See you next time. It takes a man like me to be a woman like me. Yeah! Can you guess what I am? Do you believe what you see? Yeah! Can I be for real? Well, if you doubt yourself, I can let you feel. Yeah!
And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Stargrove.